As you know, I've mentioned a couple times that there is, in a way, a crisis in the church, particularly in her membership. There's the often quoted statistics that for every one Catholic that joins the church, six leave. So this year, if we have five new candidates coming into the church, at the same time, 30 Catholics are also leaving the church. And if you look at the statistics and look for the reasoning as to why people are leaving, you'll find a variety of reasons. Some people will say that they lost interest or they just drifted away from the church. But a significant portion of the people who leave the church say, there's about 63 to 48% of them say that they left because their spiritual needs were not being met. And in a way, we kind of hear this anecdotally. Maybe if you tell your kids to go to Mass, they don't want to come, and then they say, I don't get anything out of Mass. And in some ways, it's unfortunate to hear, because the Mass is, in a way, the spiritual goldmine. You know, Padre Pio, when he was a priest, and he lived during World War II, people would come to watch him celebrate Mass because he would celebrate Mass with such devotion and love and fervor. People would see him saying the Mass and he'd be weeping tears. He was united to the passion of Jesus during the Mass. He would go on, a daily Mass would go on for three hours. And so the Mass is, in a way I would say, this rocket fuel for the soul. It's this spiritual supernova of grace. And in a way, the reason why we're experiencing this crisis in our church is partly because as a church, we haven't explained to people how to pray the Mass, right? We've taught people how to say the Mass, but we haven't taught people how to pray the Mass with their hearts. And that's what we hear in the first reading, Ezra. He's helping people understand what's going on. He's reading the word of God to them, interpreting it for them, and then giving them the sense of the scriptures. And how do they respond? They begin weeping, tears of repentance, because the word of God has touched their heart and their lives are transformed. And in a way, they enter into the mysticism of the liturgy. And so today, I want to, in a way, interpret the Mass for you so that you may enter into the mysticism of the Mass. And so before Mass even begins, I'm gonna give a couple of tips. There's two things I would say. The first one is that I invite everyone to come early if you are able. Now, this is not a judgment on anybody. I used to drive my brothers and sisters to Mass all the time. And whether I woke up at 7 a.m. or 5 a.m., we were always late. It's because my brothers and sisters, they always wanted to sleep in, and you got five people with two showers, that's not enough, right? But at the same time, if you are able, if we can come to Mass early, we benefit so much. You see, we do this in every other part of our lives, right? We don't show up for a dance recital or a hockey game, right? Just at game time. You gotta come early, you gotta get dressed, right? You gotta warm up, you gotta stretch, right? So the same way too, when we come to Mass, we're coming to stretch our hearts. 
The second thing I would really recommend is if you haven't been to confession for a while, to go to confession. Because if we haven't gone to confession and we come to Mass, it's like bringing a water bottle to a waterfall with the lid on. Right? Not, we're not going to receive very much. In the same way, too, if our soul is blocked by sin, we might be potentially blocking what God wants to give us, this waterfall of grace. And so now we get into the Mass, and I just want to focus on five different parts. And they all begin with S. Sin, speak, sacrifice, serve, and then satisfy. So the first part is recalling our sins. You see, at the beginning of the Mass, I say, my brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. And if you notice, I pause just for a moment. And that's an opportunity for you to recall your sins. Maybe just five minutes ago, maybe an hour ago, maybe that week, right? And the reason why we are recalling our sins is that we are confessing our sins to one another. And scripture teaches us that if we confess our sins to one another, we shall be healed. If we confess our sins to one another, the one who is righteous will forgive our sins. And so at the beginning of Mass, we receive the forgiveness of our venial sins. And it's a great grace. Of course, we still need to go to confession for grave sins, but this is how we prepare our hearts to enter the mystery. So after we have recalled our sins, we now listen to God speak. You see, as Christians, we always work from the fundamental uh, presupposition that God is always speaking. There's a story of the prophet Samuel, and he's a young boy, and he's in the temple, and God is speaking to him, but he thinks it's Eli, his mentor, speaking to him. So he, he keeps going back to Eli. And eventually he realizes that it's God speaking to him, but he had to be trained in the ways of listening to him. And so in the same way too at Mass, God is speaking to you right now. And he can speak through a variety of things. He can speak through the prayers, the music, the readings, the homily, anything. But the question is, we have to ask ourselves, are we listening? And so St. Benedict will say, we can't just listen with our ears. He invites us to listen with the ear of our hearts. This deep interior listening, right? Like, Lord, what are you saying to me today? You know, some families, they would read the Sunday readings the day before, and they would discuss it at dinner. In a way, they make their own homily to see what Father would say too. And you see, the thing is, if you hear God speaking to you at the liturgy, at any part, it doesn't matter how good or bad the homily is, because God is always speaking to you. And you can say, like Jesus said in the scriptures, today the scripture has been fulfilled in my hearing. God is truly speaking in my life today. So after we have listened to God speak, we now begin to offer sacrifice. This is the whole reason why we're at Mass. That's why we have an altar, why I'm a priest, why I wear these robes. 
because we're offering the one sacrifice of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago represented here on the altar. We offer that sacrifice. And so the question we have to ask ourselves then is how are we participating in the sacrifice? You see, the ancient Jewish people, when they offered sacrifice, they would have to go to the temple, they'd have to buy a lamb or a goat or a turtle dove, right? And then they would offer that as a sacrifice. And so at the Mass then, we don't offer animal sacrifice here because Jesus has fulfilled all of those sacrifices. But in a way, the offertory, where we bring forward our gifts, our monetary gifts, that is more than just keeping the lights on at St. James. That is the way in which you are able to participate in the sacrifice. And not only that, the Lord invites us to give more of our heart. What I mean by that is, at the moment of the consecration, when the priest lifts the body of Christ, the body of which you are a part of, we are being offered. So at that moment, what are you offering to the Lord? You know, when you offer something of sacrifice, you offer something that is of value, right? So Lord, I offer you my house. Lord, I offer you my family. Lord, I offer you my friends, my car. Lord, I offer you everything. Or maybe you're suffering right now. Offer that too. Lord, I offer you my depression, my pain, my sadness. You can even offer God your sins. Lord, I offer you my sins that you may forgive me. And you see, if you celebrate Mass like this each week, giving yourself completely, that's when you begin to experience the mysticism of the Mass, that the God who gives himself to us and we respond by giving ourselves to him. So after we have offered our sacrifice, we are invited to serve, and we serve through prayer. See, the Eucharistic prayer is a little confusing. Maybe it's a little distracting sometimes. When I was younger, I didn't know who the priest was talking to, right? So who am I talking to during the Eucharistic prayer? Am I talking to you? No. Am I talking to Mary? No. Am I talking to Jesus? No. At the Eucharistic prayer, I'm actually speaking to the Father. And that's why I look up. We're all speaking to the Father through Jesus in the Holy Spirit. So at the moment of the Eucharistic prayer, that's the moment when we offer ourselves, when we offer Jesus as the sacrifice. If you want to follow along, that's Eucharistic prayer number three today. But also as well, at the Eucharistic prayer, we're praying for everybody. You're praying for the church. You're praying for those who don't know Jesus. You're praying for those who have died. You're praying for all our brothers and sisters. And so at that moment of the Mass, in the Eucharistic prayer, that's when, that's the prime time to pray for someone, to lift up your prayers, right? Which bishop or pope or priest am I going to pray for today? Who is someone who has died that I'm going to pray for today? Who is someone who needs my prayers today? That's when we pray. And that's our service of prayer. And then the final step then, is to bring a hunger that God can satisfy. You see, 
We need to come to Mass hungry or else we cannot be filled. And the reason it's not because God doesn't want to fill us is because we're already full. And so that's why Psalm 107 says, God fills the hungry soul with good things because the hungry soul has space to receive. And so I invite you to ask yourself, what do you long for the most? What do you deeply desire? You see, because every good thing that we desire in this world is a reflection, is a foretaste, and is a sign of Jesus. And so that's why we have to come to Mass hungry. That's why we fast one hour before Mass. Because our physical hunger is a sign of our spiritual hunger for God. And when we come hungry, and when we long for all these good things that only God can fulfill, that's why St. John Paul II says, it is Jesus whom you seek when you dream of happiness. He's waiting for you when nothing else satisfies. And when we come to communion with that hunger, we create space for him to fulfill that. And so my brothers and sisters, we cannot come to mass like we're watching a movie. You need to be active participants in your heart. And if we, have, if we come to mass prepared in this way, if we recall our sins, right, if we listen to God speak, if we offer our sacrifice, if we serve with our prayer, if we come with a hunger to be satisfied, then we will experience that supernova of grace bursting in our hearts. And then we will experience the mysticism of the Mass.